want to encourage you. Because many of us have become very routine oriented. There are moments where you know that God is moving in your life. And those are moments to respond. Those are moments that you know that God is up to something and I don't want to miss it. And I believe God is up to something this morning and I don't want, I don't want us to miss it, amen? I don't want to miss what God is doing. And this morning, this message that is burning inside of me, I feel like I've been the last few weeks saying a whole lot to get to this point right here. As we're presenting this message, Jesus and we, it's this realization that Jesus and me just isn't going to cut it. But it's Jesus and we. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. I need you. I want you to know this. You need Jesus. You need your friends. You need your church. But I'm going to flip it and tell you the church needs you. There are people in this room that need you. And this morning, I'm going to go to Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And this is one of my favorite sections of scripture. In fact, this summer in our e-group, we, we really jumped into this chapter and, and really brought some things out of there. But there's a couple of things I want to share today that pertains to us as a church. And when I say us as a church, I'm not just talking about the organization called the church. I'm not just talking about the title called Emerge Church, but I'm talking about for you and I. For us, this is for us. Look at your neighbor and say, this is for us. This is for us today. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the, pre- the people heard he had come. And they gathered in, so- in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. How many of you want some friends like that? You know what I'm saying? That's some good friends right there. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. If you go on reading, there was an altercation between Jesus and some religious leaders who were a little appalled that he would tell a man that his sins are forgiven. And Jesus knew what their thinking was. Can I say this? Jesus already knows your thoughts. Even if you don't like what's going on in his presence, he knows how you feel about it before you ever express it. So just be smart about that. Be careful about that because God already knows. Um, and these guys were pretty uh, condemning of Jesus because what right do you have to forgive a man's sins? They didn't recognize Jesus for who he was. And Jesus said, just to prove to you how legit I am from God, not only will I forgive this man's sins, but I'll also heal him. And that paralyzed man that came in on a mat walked out the door. See, we serve a God that doesn't just do enough. He does more than enough. Amen. And so he heals the man. And the, you, you read at the end of that story and Mark chapter 2, it says that the people were amazed and they left exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. It gives me hope because I get the sense that you haven't seen anything yet. You may have seen what God has done, but you haven't seen anything yet, which is why we say the best 
is yet to come because I don't believe that God is finished. Amen. I don't believe that God has finished saving people. I don't believe that God has finished healing people. I don't believe that God has finished restoring and redeeming. He still has work to do. Amen. And he is faithful to do it. Amen. So let's pray before we jump into this message this morning. Lord, I thank you for our time of worship. I thank you for the time of ministry that we had this morning. And Lord, I'm just praying for every person that came and said, Lord, I surrender. I pray that this will not only be their prayer, but I pray this will be their life. I pray, Lord, that we won't just respond to you in this moment when we're gathered together corporately, but I pray, God, we will also pursue you when it's just us, when it's just one person in your presence. So, Lord, this morning as we share this message, I pray that it's not just an idea. I pray that it's not shared just and received just in theory. But Lord, I pray that we understand that this is our practice. This is who we are. This is what you're asking us to do. And this is who you're wanting us to be. And so, Lord, I pray that you will awaken our hearts today. Lord, you awaken us to the purpose and the plans that you have for us. Help us, Father, not to be bogged down in the worries of this world. But, Father, to truly pursue what you have for us. I pray, God, that you will give us strength. I pray, God, that you will enable us to do all the things that you want us to do. Help us to get past our struggles. Help us to break the chains, Lord, that have bound us to walk in true freedom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give a hand to our worship team? That was an awesome time of worship. In fact, you don't know this. They had a whole nother song planned. We called an audible at 9.58 this morning, two minutes before church started. We changed the whole plan there at the end so that we can have that ministry time. And thank God for some good musicians who are flexible. Amen. That was awesome. So our church started um, with a desire to reach people, um, to be a church that, that will reach you, a church that will reach your family, a church that will reach your friends. And um, everybody agrees with that idea. But um, sometimes we are more influenced by the tradition that we grew up in or the, the things that we're comfortable because of what we have seen and what we have experienced in our lives. And because of that, even though we have a strategy, we have tendencies as well. You know how it is. You have the intentions of having a great home, but then there's one argument and you start saying things that you said that you were never, ever going to say to your family because it was said to you and it hurts you so much but now it's coming out and you don't know how that happened because you promised yourself you promised your spouse you promised your kids you promised everybody I will never ever say that but then the pressure was on and it started coming out and it's like whoa where did that come from and this is what y'all are doing to me and I tell you that's not what y'all were doing to you that's what you've been doing it's been brewing you've recited it in your head a million times because that has become default That's become default. And I believe when it comes to church, we have some default modes when it comes to our mind in church because we all have these things called preferences. And if I can break down what a preference is, it's really just educated opinions. And we have opinions of what we think it needs to be. And what happens is over time, we want the church and all that the church does to be accommodating to me rather than me belonging to a mission me belonging to a purpose of God here on this earth and I'm just I'm just a member of God's army I'm trying a lot of times what we're trying to do is redirect the army to come and fight battles that it wasn't even meant to fight 
I want that to linger for a second because we all have these traditional mindsets of what church needs to be. And if we're not careful, we will get off mission because at the end of the day, really the point of the church is to reach souls that are lost and bring them to Jesus. Can I hear an amen for that? Because I need agreement on that. If we don't have agreement, we got to back up and start this thing all over today. But the mission of the church is to bring the lost to Jesus. Yes, there's other things that we will do along the way. But if we ever lose sight of the mission of bringing the lost to Jesus, we have become an inward thinking culture club that has religious ideas and only seeks to take care of what's right here in front of us and that is gathered. But Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. And we have lost people that are all around us. You have friends, you have family members that are lost. You have coworkers, and some of you are like, yes, I know, they have a cubicle next to me. They are lost as a goose. That's why God has you there. So they can be found. I mean, this is like, I know, that's a mic drop, but it's real. It's real. And so we have these preferences that are in our mind. There are some of us in here that, uh, that believe we're not legit because we have chairs and that we need pews. And until we have pews, we're just a startup church. And, and I need you to know that a pew isn't going to change. a per- Well, let me say this again. Pews will change your life because when you grow up in church, you sleep under them. You ever hit your knee on a pew? I've heard people use words in church before because they hit their knee on a pew. Never heard that with a chair. Just throwing that out there. There are preferences to music. There are preferences to preaching styles. There, there, there's one group that, that, that if the preacher after every phrase doesn't go, huh, then it's not good preaching. That it was just a teaching. And so you got to say the phrase, huh. And you got to preach Jesus, huh. And, and glory to God, huh. And, and if you don't do that, it, it's just teaching. And it's preference, though. It's preference. Sit down too much. We stand up too much. We're getting up and down. They play too many songs. We got to sing verses 1, 2, and 4. You skip the third verse because that's just not what you do. There's all these preferences. And you ever notice, I I know this has happened to me before, when you invite somebody to a service, that's always when the weird service happens. (laughs) Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You work so hard for years to get them to come. And then you invite them, and Pastor Wade wants everybody to come down here at the front and pray for them. Come on, you're killing me, man. I've had people literally tell me this before when they invite somebody. Listen, Pastor, don't mess this up today. Don't mess this up. There was this one lady years ago um, back in Louisiana in our church. And this lady, she was the tambourine lady. And if you have any charismatic background, you're having flashbacks. Uh, this lady was so coordinated, man. I'm telling you, she was an older lady, but this lady was super coordinated. She had a red, a red tambourine. Come on, Michelle, you know who I'm talking about. Four rows of, uh, of jingles on this thing. Not two rows, that's not enough. Four rows. And then with the color, uh, I mean, every color of the rainbow streamers hanging from that thing. And, and, and listen, some people can't chew gum and walk at the same time. This lady could chew gum, shake a tambourine, and go in a circle. And I'm telling you, I tried it. I tried to chew the gum and do it, and I got stuck because I'm just not that coordinated. But she would do it every single week, man. I mean, this lady, and, and look, the more intense the service got, whoo, she would shake that tambourine and go around. That was her preference. I didn't really care for it, but there she was. What about when the special offering is taken? 
where it turned into a 30-minute offering scripture, and you're trying to figure out, are they begging us for money, or are they teaching? I'm not quite sure, but I know he's, he's headed somewhere. He's about to ask for big money. And it's when you invite your friend. It's, um, it's the guest evangelist. I remember they used to bring these evangelists in. I'm telling you, they would just preach hellfire and brimstone, man, and they would call it revival. And it was like, what are you trying to do? Kill us so that you can revive us? I mean, I wasn't sure. I mean, it was literally, and some of you that don't have this background, good. But for those of us who did, I'm telling you, it was your yearly beatdown. This went a week long. (laughs) Week long, sometimes two. And listen, if it was going really good by the Thursday night, they were going to extend it another night to Friday. And then they'd extend it another week. And if it extended, that means it's a move of God. And revival has come. I mean, that's what they really, really believed. And it was some intense moments. And then if you were really in the charismatic church, I'm telling you, man, this is tame. I know some of you, you're stressed out with the level of music in here. But for those of us that have the charismatic background, this is simple and easy. But for those with the charismatic background, there's that brother who is running. Handkerchief flying and everything. And listen, don't judge. Like I told you before, you don't know where these people came from. You don't know what they were bound up in. And God set them free so much to the point they got to shout. They got to praise God. So be careful in your judgment. Amen? Seriously, be careful. Be careful. Now, I'm not telling you to take a lap. But I am saying that if you did see someone take a lap, just hold tight. Hold tight. You don't know where they come from. But there's all these different preferences. There's all these different exp- uh, expressions of church and all these. And I, I'm not trying to tell you what's right and what's wrong because I do think a lot of times when it comes to church, we are, we're more along our style. In fact, with speakers, we're more along our style, what we like. Because some of us, we would say that some of these guys out there are speaking, oh, they're not really anointed. Well, that just means I don't really like them. They're good. They're really good. I mean, I could tell you about one guy over in Texas. You listen to him, you think, God, dude, it's just dry and mean. I'm telling you, the dude's anointed. He just might be saying what you need to hear, and you don't want to hear it that day. And so be careful before you start labeling what's legit. And I want to throw this out there. We've got to be thankful for all the great churches that we have in our community. And I want to, listen, I want to issue a challenge to us out here today. We've got to get off of that critical wagon, man, or just dogging every church that is out there. Amen? Amen. All these guys that are doing these big ministries and stuff, get off of their back and quit being so critical and realize that we need them all to reach all the people out there. And hey, I want as many people to come to merge as possible, but you have to be aware that there's some people that's just not going to come to church here. Amen. And that's why we need these other churches in our city to do what God has called them to do so they can reach them. Amen. Amen. And so speak well of the church, even if you know stuff. Because we ain't perfect because you're here. Praise the Lord. All right, let's jump in. So here's the thing. This is the decisions that we're making, okay, as a church. We want to be life-giving. We want to be life-changing. Like, we want to give hope to people. We want to give life to people. When they walk through the back door, we don't want them to feel like lightning's about to strike you. We want them to feel like the hand of God is about to save you. Amen. That's what we want them because I believe that's what God. Listen, if they're lost, if you came in here today and you're legitimately lost, I need you to know that coming here was the best decision you ever made because Jesus wants to save you and we're just going to help him do it. 
That's what we are here to do. Amen. The goal is to help people be transformed into the image of Christ. We want to be a relevant church. That's a buzzword in church today. But I need you to know what that means. We need we want people to, to hear what they need to hear to make it applicable to their lives. We're not adapting our message to what culture says. Amen? We're not. We're not changing the Bible so that we fit in with the world. What we're doing is we're packaging what we do in such a way that barriers are torn down so that people will receive the message, but we're sticking with the message. Amen? We're still going to preach Jesus. We're still going to talk about sin. We're still going to talk about all the stuff because that's what God has called us to do, and we're not going to be scared of it. But we're also not going to be as mean as a snake to do it. Amen? Listen, I'm just trying to coach us because God's about to do some big stuff to this church, and I don't want you to think that we're about to turn into the mini church. We're not. Listen, there's got to be standards, and we get that. We want there to be standards. There has to be accountability, but we're not walking around lording it over people. And if you start lording it over people, and we see that, we're going to have to help you calm down a little bit. Look at your neighbor and say, calm down. So we want to be life-changing. We want to be relevant. We also want to be powerful. Because Jesus said, I'm building a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Amen. And I believe that God has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us, to help us to overcome things so that we can walk in freedom. Amen. To walk in some freedom. And so this morning, I just felt like we needed to share that. And this story in Mark chapter 2 is just stirring in me. Because this is a story of a paralyzed man that was brought to Jesus by these four men. And listen, you got to understand the setting. Everybody was getting in there because they wanted to hear Jesus. It was all, I need to hear this man for myself. I got to see what this man is talking about. So there's this crowd of people gathered together at this one spot. Religious leaders are there and all the people gathered and they're crammed in this room. And there were a lot of people there for different reasons. Just like there are a lot of people here for different reasons. There are guys that are coming to this church because you're checking out the ladies. There are people that come to this church because they see it as a business opportunity. If I can meet this person and talk to them enough and win them over, I can do business with them, and it's going to help my business. It's true. This stuff happens. There's people who are coming to this church because they're looking for a friend. I mean, we're quick to say, oh, don't do that. But listen, there's a lot of reasons why we come here. Some people come because they like the coffee and it's free. And get a bagel. There are people that come here to get away from their kid for an hour or so. Depends on how long I preach. Don't act like you're so innocent. We know what's up. There's a lot of reasons that people come and gather at a place like this today. Some people like the music. Some people like the teaching. Some people like the preaching. Ha! Some people just want their kids in church. Got to have the kids in church, so we'll come here. And listen, if you want your kids to be in church and you're just doing time till they get here, we're going to make the most of the time that you're sitting here. I just need you to know that because it ain't just for the kids. It's for you too. Amen? Some people come here to meet Jesus, though. Some people come here to experience God, experience his life and his love. And this, this story, though, intrigues me because you got four men and, who are incredible friends, by the way. That went the extra mile to make sure that their friend experienced Jesus. And this inspires me so much because this is the kind of church that we want to have. The kind of church that are like these four men that will bring people in no matter what. Even if I got to tear a hole through the roof. Now, you better have some roofing skills if you're going to do that here. 
and help a brother fix it after you leave, okay? They don't talk about that in the Bible, but we will have to fix it. Um, but this guy, these guys truly represent a whatever-it-takes kind of faith. So one of our uh, values that we share is that we will do whatever it takes to do what God has called us to do. We will do whatever it takes. That includes sacrifice. That includes work. That includes giving. That includes surrendering. That includes whatever it takes to do what God has called us to do. Whatever it takes to lead people to Jesus. Whatever it takes to live out God's plans for our lives. And I believe that's something that we have to adapt because we're not in this just to try. We're in this trusting God, being faithful to take steps because we know every step we take, it is going to accomplish something for his purposes, not just in our lives, but also in the lives of others. Trust me, you being here today, it's affecting you. It's affecting your family. Stick around. It's going to begin to affect the circle of people around you. They will see what God is doing in your life. So this isn't just for you. And I believe that we must serve continually. We must give generously. We must sacrifice daily. Watch this, because that's who Jesus is. And that's who he is calling us to be. And that's what he is building his church to be. And so this isn't just what we do. This is who we are. See, these four men that carried this man to Jesus, this wasn't just their idea. This was the kind of people that they were. This is just what they do. And I, that's why I say, do you want these kinds of friends? And everybody's like, sign me up. But the bigger question is, can you be that kind of friend? Can you and I be the kind of friend that's willing to sacrifice? Oh, but I like to sleep in. Listen, if it means waking up because they want to come to the early service next Sunday, wake up. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Look at your other neighbor and say, go to bed early. We have to commit. we got to commit to learning, to growing, to taking faith steps, to do things, watch this, that we have never done before in order to reach people for Jesus. We have to be willing to do things outside of our comfort zone. Huh. So in a few minutes when we do the announcements, because we done threw off the order of the service, when we announced this fall fest, which is going to be this church-wide in the past, it was just with the kids. But this year we're doing it with everybody. You too. Cornhole tournament. Who you got? Listen, yeah, get excited because you're going to win a gift card, but bring a friend so they can win too. But the purpose of it is this, is hey, let's open up the doors and invite some people in. And guess what? It's just during church. What y'all did at church today? I beat somebody in cornhole. And you know, like, you got to say it's staring off. I beat somebody in cornhole. What you did today? What y'all saying? Mm. So we're going to do that on November 3rd. And there's already people saying, but what about preaching the word? What about the offering, Pastor? You know, if you do this, you won't be able to take an offering. People will still give. Generous people give. I'm serious. Like, this, is, this has to become who we are, guys. And so, whenever we begin to think about all this stuff, this is the thought. What if we did something to get people here, to get them gathered together with us, that, uh, that is smarter than just expecting them to come, what we've been asking them to do over and over, and they just won't come? we got to be smarter. We have to be more strategic. So you know what we're doing? We're just setting this thing up. And we're going to have a great family day. A lot of people are going to be there. The competition is going to drive this thing. Because some of you are just competitors. You're fierce. 
Your beast. Don't beat our guests down, though, please. <laughs> I'm not saying let them win. I'm just saying don't cheat. <laughs> I know y'all. But what are we doing? We, we, we're, we're saying come, come do life with us. Come belong with us. And if you stick around, we know you're going to believe. See, we're not asking people to turn into something to belong to us. We're just asking them to come along. And as they come along, they will feel like they belong. And I promise you, they will begin to believe. It's going to happen. Because there's something great that God has done in our lives that is going to influence theirs. So, here's a question I want to ask you this morning. And i got to go quickly. Do we have a love for people that are without Jesus? Do you have a love for people that are without Jesus? Now, I know, in theory, you're answering... I do, Pastor Ray. I want to see Jesus save the lost. But if you had to rate it between 1 and 10, 1 where it's apathetic and 10 to where you're passionate. 1 meaning that you, you wouldn't even ask somebody to church. Like, that's not what I do, Pastor Ray. Uh, 10, you're, you're praying with somebody to accept Jesus. How would you rate yourself between 1 and 10? And I know a lot of people like to go 5. Because you were told, just choose C on the test. And next thing you know, you didn't study and every answer is C. I'm telling you, you're not doing well on that test. But what would it be? And I think these are some real questions to ask ourselves. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about us doing the right thing. But it's also doing what God asked us to do. It's not just, I didn't mess up today, God. It's, okay, what are we doing with our lives? Because a lot of us are working so hard not to mess up. If we had vision, messing up wouldn't even be a problem. That's strong right there. What I'm saying is vision is a good deterrent for sin. A lot of our sins are happening in boredom because we lack mission. This is strong, but we got to hear it. And we want to be a church that's on mission. So here's the question. When we say whatever it takes, what does that look like? Like, that, that sounds just great. And by the way, the Avengers stole that line from us. We said it before they did. I promise you. And so they went on our website, stole our stuff, and we're letting them do it because we're, we're loving them with the love of Christ. Just saying. Half of you have no clue. Most of you do. So what does it look like to do whatever it takes? And I want to use this story as an example. The first thing I believe if we're going to do whatever it takes is this. We have to bear some burdens. We have to bear some burdens. It would have been easy for those four guys just to go and try to find their way into the crowd and have a seat in that room. It would have been easy. Because individually, we can do whatever we want to do. But when we start bringing people, it makes it a little more challenging. And they were willing to carry this man who couldn't even walk, bearing some burdens. Look what it says in Mark 2, verse 3. Some men came bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man. Carried by four of them. Paralyzed man. They were willing to carry a burden that wasn't even their own. And for us to reach people for Jesus, we must be willing to carry some burdens. This is why we're saying it's not Jesus and me, it's Jesus and we. Listen, I'm glad you're hanging out with your friends. Last night was a good win for the Knowles, am I right? They're hanging out. Come on, you got to respond better than that. You're back on the winning track. It's bad. Pray for Willie. Okay. So look, here's the thing. People are skeptical. They're skeptical of religion. 
they're skeptical of what churches are up to because people just, they, they run their mouth and they talk, man. And they don't want to be associated with things that have had scandals. They don't want to be associated with all these different things. People are skeptical, but this is what they want to know. They want to know how much we care. They want to know how much we care. And I heard this a long time ago. They don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And so if you're spending all your time trying to be perfect in your doctrine, but you don't care about people, your doctrine is messed up. Amen? Learn all you can, but don't unlearn loving people. If your doctrine causes you to forget people, that is not God. That's just good preaching right there. (laughs) If you got a friend who is hurting, listen to him. If you got somebody that's having a baby, man, go to their shower, buy them a gift. Bring diapers. For real. If somebody in their family dies, go to the funeral. You say, well, I don't do funerals. What have we been talking about, man? Getting past ourselves. Because this isn't about you. This is about being there for a friend. If someone's sick, bring them a meal. If they're discouraged, give them some encouragement. It's not hard to do, but these are things that show that we actually care. Amen? He said, well, well, they've never done anything for me. Okay. (laughs) Again, these are are messages that that we would just have to keep preaching over and over because if we're still eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, then every time I sin, God needs to kill me immediately. I mean, for real. But we have to show that we care. And I think this is why when we say carry their burdens, it's the realization that they can't carry it. They can't. This guy couldn't walk. He needed some help. And so these four men helped him get there. Amen? They, they helped him to get there. In Galatians 6, it says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Huh. So watch this. We don't just invite them to church. We're bringing them to Jesus. We're bringing them to Jesus. So the question becomes this. Who do you need to bring so Jesus can touch them? So Jesus can heal them? So he can save them? Do you know who it is that you need to bring? And I'm strategically asking this as we're going to two services. Because listen, in this story in Mark chapter 2, they didn't have room. But we're making room. And so the question is this, if we're making room, we're making room for people who are lost. And so that gives us the responsibility to bring them. Who is it that you know I need to bring them? Are you willing to help carry their burden by praying for them, praying with them, sending them that encouragement, grabbing some lunch with them, finding ways to serve them? Because that's going to make the difference in their life. So what do we do? We carry their burden. But here's the second thing I think is just as important. And I think this one is key. Number two, and some of you are going to like this. Some of you are like, no, we cannot do this. Number two is we got to break some rules. We have to break some rules. And some of you are like, I've been waiting for this moment, Pastor Wade. I always knew you had a little renegade in you. No, I don't. Okay. You know, you know how you were told you can't go swimming unless you wait 30 minutes to after you eat? How many of y'all actually followed that rule? We didn't eat and jump in. You throw up, hang your head over the pool. (laughs) Talked about the bike helmet before. Never wore a bike helmet growing up, and I'm still here. And if I told you what we did on our bikes, some of you, you would not sleep tonight. (laughs) In fact, when I was a kid, we didn't wear a seatbelt in the car. My mom's not here. I know you're judging. 
But we didn't wear a seatbelt. That's what mama's arm was for. Just didn't do it. How many of you on the interstate, you really go in the speed limit? Hey, bro, we already had that altar call this morning. How many of you ever ran with scissors in your hand before? Hey, kid, go run and get me that. I'm just telling you. Run around with a sucker in your mouth. How many of you ever sniffed a magic marker before? <laughs> all these rules, man. And you want to act like you all innocent and never done anything wrong because we're holy and we're at church. And so the point I'm making is this, is that we have some crazy rules that we make. And sometimes the hardest rules to deal with are the rules that we make for ourselves. Because those rules literally become our comfort zone. And that's why I keep hitting on this. Well, I don't do that, Pastor Wade. Watch this. That's not my spiritual gift. Well, what is? Amen? Like, what is? Because we, we keep doing this stuff to the point of putting ourselves in a place where there is no risk. But also there's no reward. That's why people are unhappy. Because they're not putting themselves in a place of risk. Because they, 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 that's just too scary. But they have no reward coming in their lives. And so they want everyone to feel sorry for them. Give them a trophy. A trophy. Anyway, back to the message. Oh. <clears throat> a lot of these rules, though, they're our own doing. So watch. This is what they sound like. I'm not good with people. This is a rule. I don't have a lot to offer. That's some rules that we make. I don't know enough of the Bible, Pastor Wade. Listen, some of you, you're thinking that I'm just like tearing down the walls of the seminary. And I'm not. I just know where it's found. For real. And some of you are like, I knew something was up with this church. I'm out of here. Don't go anywhere because I'm going to help you find it too. But we've got to get out of this place of pushing the responsibility on others because I don't do that when the whole time God is saying, listen, I've called you and appointed you for this time, for this season, for this reason, for that person and that place. I put you there. He's like, well, I don't know anything. God's like, I do, and I can help you. Amen? And that's why I say we got to break our own rules because what if we're missing God's best because we're hanging on to these rules? What if you're like, God, I'm ready for a breakthrough in my life. I believe a breakthrough is coming. God says, okay, I want you to invite this person to church. I don't do people, God. I don't do people. And God's like, what are you talking about? You are a people. Those are some rules that we have to break. There are some barriers that we've got to break. And Mark 2, it's awesome because verse 4 says, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof. They broke the rules. This is some bad people. Destroying property. But how many of you want that friend? Got to have some friends that will break the rules. Be one of them. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and they dug through it and lowered the man on the mat. Right in the middle. They interrupted the meeting. That's legit, friends. Jesus didn't scold them. Jesus scolded the guys that were the rule followers inside. That's who he went after. And look, I'm not trying to create renegade church here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll rename the whole thing. I don't know. We're not. But anyway. <laughs> But we have to have the mindset of whatever it takes to reach them for Jesus. 
That has to be the mindset. And this is what's being demonstrated here. And I just feel like today I've got to say it's time to break some rules. It's time to break your rules. I'm not a morning person. You need to break that rule. Break it. Well, I don't, I don't believe in giving to the church. You've got to break that rule. My, biz, my life is too busy. You need to break that rule. Because we have our time to the things that we want to give our time to. I don't lift my hands in church. But last night, you got to break your rules. we got to break them. Because our rules are keeping us in prison. And if we're not careful, those rules that we have held on to for so long becomes our preferences so deep that we begin to judge people by our own rules that we have created. Amen? It's just tough stuff, but we got to hear it. So let's finish. I see a church full of people. That's what I see. I see a church full of people who don't judge those without Jesus, but reaches them for Jesus. Can we take off the judgment jacket? Can we take off the judgment jacket a little bit? And instead of just being able to analyze what's wrong with everybody, just reach them and let Jesus save them and change them. Amen? I know we got opinions. We live in the South, man. But look, we got to break these rules. We got to break these chains and realize if Jesus is going to reach them, I got to make myself available instead of just having opinions. Amen? Oh, all right. I see a church full of people who believe that anything is possible with Jesus. Even that one person that God, ooh, Lord, ooh, can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he can. Because some of us in here were that person. Amen? Like, I ain't saying that. I don't want nobody to know. We'll pray for anyone. We will pray for anyone. That's the kind of church we are. We're a church that bears burdens and breaks rules in order to reach people for Jesus. Now, we're not going to sin. We're not going to sin to do it. We're going to follow the standards. But we're going to break the rules. And we're going to break our own rules of we don't do that. They didn't want Jesus to be who he was. They didn't want Jesus to be the man from Bethlehem. They didn't want him to be the little guy. They wanted him to be grand. They wanted red carpet fanfare. And Jesus shows up riding donkeys. And palm leaves thrown down before him. They wanted a king and he showed up as a servant. Come on. See, Jesus didn't show up for approval. Jesus wasn't a Twitter poll. He was a savior. And he knew the biggest thing that people needed salvation from was themselves. We got to be a church that will do anything. Anything to reach people. And I make that challenge to every one of us in here today personally. Because next Sunday, it's going to be two services. Next Sunday has the potential to have more empty seats in the service, watch this, than what you're comfortable with. It will. Because don't think it's 50-50. Half the people come to 9, half the people come to 11. That's not usually how it works. Depends on what happened the night before. But there may be empty seats in this room. And let me tell you what empty seats must communicate to us. This is what the empty seats must. Because a lot of times we think that communicates the church is doing something wrong. And I believe it communicates that we must do more. 
I believe it communicates that you and I have a responsibility to bring. To bring people to Jesus. To be one of those four men that are willing to carry a mat. Listen, if you got a tag team with somebody to bring somebody to church, tag team. Some of you are so good at coordinating, manipulating, doing all these different things to set somebody up with a man or set somebody up with a lady. Why don't you set somebody up together with Jesus? I mean, I'm just trying to be real here. That person you've been trying to get to go to lunch forever, next Sunday I'm bringing you to lunch after the 930 service. I'm bringing you to to lunch. That's a great time. Come sit with me in church, and next Sunday I'm going to bring you to lunch. That's the real stuff right there. But guys, if we're just waiting for people to just show up at our door because we're doing church good, we're missing it, man. Because we're not trying to be a church that just is happy and excited. We're trying to be a church that's on mission. Because you and I got friends and family members, their lives are counting on it. Their lives are counting on it. And so today is a call to our church, a call to you as the members of our church, as the congregation, to understand that I'm not just sitting here as a consumer, but I'm a contributor. I'm a contributor to the kingdom of God. I'm here for a purpose. I'm not just here to hear good songs and lift a hand and clap because that, that, that was a good line, Pastor. But I'm here because God wants to do something in people's lives. And God can use somebody like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found with flying. Now I can see. And God is helping me to see those who are lost so that I can reach them because they're lost and they're blind. But they're going to be found and they will see. And God's going to help me to get them there. That's us. This is us. This is who we are, and we all have this mission. And this morning, I want to ask those of you who say, Pastor, I'm in on this mission with you. This is, uh, this, is our church. this is our church's mission. I will carry people to Jesus. I'll be one of the four people on the corners of that mat carrying paralyzed people to Jesus for the years to come. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet today. Don't just stand because everybody else is standing, but you're saying, I'm for real, Pastor. I, I'm, I'm not just agreeing with this, but I'm participating in this because I have friends. I have family members that are away from God, and they don't know Jesus. And as you're standing, I want you to lift your hands this morning. I want to pray for you. Listen, I got my eyes closed. I don't even know who's standing. So if you want to go incognito, it's fine. I don't know you sitting. Lift your hands this morning. Father, I pray that we understand the mission that you have called us to, to do whatever it takes to reach people for you. And this morning, Father, that love that we talked about for people that don't know you, I pray that we will love like you do. That what has broken your heart will break ours. That we will see through the eyes of Jesus. We will see those who are lost, who are hurting, who are away from you. And I pray, God, that we will assume the responsibility to bring them. So this morning, Lord, I pray that you will move on every heart in this room today. And I pray, God, that we will burn with a fire and a passion and that we will have a new strength and a new mission, Father, Lord, to carry people to you. That, Lord, we won't let crowds stop us. We won't let our own rules stop us. But, Father, we will be on point and we will be on mission, understanding that it is our responsibility to bring them while it's your responsibility to save them. And so today, Lord, we connect with you. We partner with you. We thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit to strengthen us, to give us wisdom, to give us strategy, Father, to reach, to care for, to lift the heavy burden of the lost so that they may know you. And today, Father, we say, I'm all yours. Make me your vessel. 
Make me your offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Lord, I pray that this room will be full of people who are paralyzed, who are hurt, who are lost, who are sinful, who are away from you. But I pray at the same time, Father, that your presence that fills this place will change their life forever. That will introduce them to eternity with you. And I pray, Father, that we will see our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our relatives saved. I pray that we will see them bow their knee to Jesus and say yes to you. And you saved their lives forever. And Father, knowing that you gave us a part in this miracle. So, Lord, we say, use us. Why don't you say that to him today? Say, Lord, use me. Use me to reach the lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's your homework. Here's your assignment. Yeah, you can clap. That's a good time to clap right there. Here's the assignment for us. You can stay standing. Joey, come on. Joey's got some announcements for you this morning. He looks crazy, but hang on. Here's your assignment. This week... This week, I want you to reach out to somebody. Send them a text message today. Hey, next Sunday, I want to bring you to church with me. I want to bring you to church with me. Will you come with me to the 930 service? Will you come with me to the 11 o'clock service? We'll go grab lunch afterwards. But I want to bring you. You say, I don't know if they will come. We will never know until we invite you. We will never know until we offer it to them. And so that is our assignment. Can you guys do that? Come on, let's do it. Let's bring some people here. Let's bring them to Jesus and watch God save their life. It's going to happen. I believe it. I believe it. So.